You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now, from BetQL, it's time for the Daily Tip with Michael Jenkins. Dang it, he's talented. And let's be honest, I go for ambition, not luck. And Chelsea Messenger. Don't kill the messenger, or the messenger will kill you. Hey, Dad, don't forget about me, the dunkster. Presented by BetMGM. Hour two of the Daily Tip starts right now on the BetQL Network. I'm Chelsea Messenger. He's Michael Jenkins. We've got a great hour on deck, starting with a little MVP Monday. Who had the best weekend of anybody across the sports landscape? We'll dive into that. And then at 7.20, we will go to Monday Night Football. We've got a doubleheader tonight. We'll give you all the bets for Titans-Dolphins and Packers-Giants that you can possibly handle then at 7:40 on to the nba do we dare bet on the association when it's not an in-season tournament game maybe the pistons are set to make history tonight they have lost 19 straight games are we banking on them to lose their 20th straight which would be the ninth longest losing streak in nba history we will cover all of the bases in the next hour here on the daily tip uh jenks How was your weekend without a full slate of college football? I know you're a college football guy. Did it feel Mm -hmm. like that meme of Will Smith standing alone in the (laughs) room, just looking around and no one's there? (laughs) That's a good one. I missed it. I'm still excited by the fact that it's bowl season and I kept checking in on Army-Navy, but I had a good weekend. It was nice. So I I did miss college football, but I'm so caught up in what's going to happen in the playoff because obviously I'm going to that game, the Sugar Bowl with Texas and Washington, and I'm trying to figure out what's going to happen in the national championship game. We still have bowl season. So honestly, it was kind of, it sounds sort of counterintuitive. It was kind of nice to have a break a little bit just for one weekend, especially for me and the lovely Catherine. So once we celebrated my birthday on Friday, then the rest of the weekend, all we did was I watched a little football. But mainly, we just watched a ton of Netflix and just chilled out, which was kind of nice because normally I'm either zoned in on a game or at a watch party or doing something like that. So it was a nice little respite, actually. So what are you watching on Netflix now? I feel like you're always watching whatever is trending. So what's the hot show now? Well, we watched Leave the World Behind, which is really creepy, and I would recommend it with Julia Roberts. And let's see who else is in that movie. Mahershala Ali, am I saying his name correctly? Very good. I know you're talking about. Yeah, directed by Sam Esmail. That was very, a lot of people don't really like the ending, but I thought it was very, very good. The second thing we're watching, which we've really gotten into, is Squid Game The Challenge. 
So that's been interesting. The original Squid Game, except now it's real. And the one thing I will say about this, I am not a huge reality show person at all. I don't get into reality shows at all. But this is very, very well produced. And they spent a lot of money on it. And I'm blown away because I thought, ugh, Squid Game, the challenge. Like, how realistic could this be? It's incredibly realistic and they do a great job of character development it's really good so we're almost at the end of that so that's the one thing we're into right now okay let me ask a stupid question if somebody has not seen squid games or this new Mm -hmm. one either okay Mm -hmm. wasn't squid games really popular and dramatic because the punishment was like dying yes correct weren't they killing people so are they They doing this in the reality show (laughs) they do you die but they don't actually kill you so I don't want to give any, I mean, I could say it's not a big deal, but it's clear when you die and they have a very clever way of, it's like you're getting shot. It's like, it's, I'll just say it's not a big deal. It's like a paintball gun. They Everybody has a necklace around their neck oh. with a small bead that is filled with paint or whatever. And then when you die, it explodes and you hear a gunshot and they, and they train the people to fall over like they're dead, which is sort of funny, right? So you hear a pow and then they go, uh, I'm dead. So they're not really dead, but it's it's very effective. I have to say, I was. It sounds kind of dumb, but when you watch it, it's it's really good. I'm I'm stunned. I I told Catherine. I said I'll watch one. We'll see. I, but I'm in. I can't wait to see the end. It's just when you said it was really realistic, I was like, uh oh, is Jenks like yeah. a psychopath? Just be like, yeah, the people <laughs> really die. It's really awesome. <laughs> That's <laughs> what I thought. I was like, what? Do people actually die? Are they signing their lives away? I I was curious. And then of course the original Squid Game, because it was such a high end production, I thought this is going to be so chintzy and so cheap mm-hmm. the way they do this. No, it is as realistic as the original, and that's the one thing I keep going back to. They spent a ton of money on this, and it looks and is produced very, very well. I tell you what, the only person who, or the only people who are spending more money than the Dodgers signing Otani is Netflix. That's true. Man, at some point it feels like their budget has to, like, burst. And I know that, like, I've been following them just, like, from a stock uh, aspect. Like, do you think at some point they're going to have to cut back? Because it feels like they spend a ton of money. Like on all these A-list actors, like that's the reason that they have overtaken the movies is because they get all these big name actors and actresses to come over and do these movies that sometimes don't have the best plot. But man, Mm -hmm. the amount of money they spend has to be astronomical. It's crazy. That's the one thing I'm still getting used to as an older person that now when you see what is another movie out? Candy Cane Lane with Eddie Murphy. And I haven't seen it. I heard the reviews are eh, meh. You know, just one of those holiday things you put on. But that's one thing that I've had to get accustomed to is just because it's streaming doesn't mean it's not a high-budget production. That's just the way of the world now. So you don't necessarily have to see it at a theater for it to be a really good, well-produced, well-written movie. And so, yeah, you're totally right about that. Even though, like I said, a lot of times they're not well-written. Like, the actors are good, and they get you to watch it, but all they need is one time, I guess. And then you're like, wow, the the acting was good, the writing and the plot, nowhere to be found. Uh, kind of <laughs> like Bird Box. I think that's like example number one for me is, you know, Sandra Bullock's in it. We'll watch it. It might be good. Yeah. No, it was not good. Big thumbs down from me. All right. So how about the sports world? Who gets the big thumbs up across the sports landscape and who 
had the best weekend of them all. MVP Monday. How we doing, people? I completely agree with you, by the way, Jenks. Uh, Squid Game. Is your beard blue? <laughs> Can we take yes. a time out? Yes, it yeah. is. It absolutely 100% what? is. What? You've been eating coconut okay. snow cones? What's going on there, Double D? Uh, just tried, decided to change it up a little bit. And my daughter. Oh, it's a personal choice. Yeah. My daughter. Uh, my daughter decided that she wanted to see daddy have a blue beard. So oh, nice. went and got it done. You didn't want to look like Santa <laughs> no. this December? No, no. Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to go, will. I'm going to go with a little Jack Frost. How about that? How about that? Ooh. Oh. Yeah. Even Santa has a little nog and gets crazy every now and then. That's I expect right. that thing to be That's bright right. white come Christmas day. <laughs> Um, that being said, uh, Jenks, I did want to agree with you when it comes to mm-hmm. Squid Games, the challenge, phenomenally done, phenomenally I can't done. It. And I'll say this to get the emotion out of the players. I'm going to say this. I think there was some sleep deprivation going on because you don't react the way those players. That's do. a good point. Because <laughs> if you I notice, think- there's no clocks in that in that big gathering area. None at all. That's a good point because there were some times that we're watching and everyone was so emotional. We're like, all right, just finish the game. I get it. I just, oh, oh, the pressure. I'm like, are you, what is happening? Finish the game. Okay. I, this five minute break so that you can cry it out. I get it. There's a lot, but I think that's a very good point. I had not thought about that because even we were wondering, I get it's emotional. I get it's, it's stressful and you form these bonds. I totally understand all of that, but as the show goes on, you're right. Everyone gets more and more and more emotional where at times you're just like, God, finish. Okay. So that's a good, that's a very good point. Double D. Uh, it's just the only, only cause there's no threat of death. So to me, the only reason you have that kind mm-hmm. of emotion is of course the it, loss of money, but also they had to have been sleep deprived. It, it just makes too much sense to me. But that being said, we're not sleep deprived. We're about to pick our Monday MVP. So let's get it started here. Nominee number one, Anthony Davis, Lakers. What aggressive start for Anthony Davis. And not just on his elite defense. Draw some contact. Shots good and one. Davis. Sidestep layup. Missed it. Tip. That's good. 29 and 16 for Anthony Davis. Here comes Halliburton. Halliburton to McConnell. McConnell, the layup blocked by Davis. Davis scored 41 points, grabbed 20 rebounds, and had five assists as the Lakers won the first NBA in-season tournament with a 123-109 to win over the Pacers. Davis also blocked four shots in the L.A. victory. Nominee number two, Nez Bulalo. Three and two from Otani. He throws. Trout strikes out swinging. Otani and Japan celebrate a World Baseball Classic championship. It was announced on Saturday that Shohei Otani signed a 10-year $700 million contract with the Dodgers. Balelo was able to keep 
much of Otani's negotiations private and had L.A. defer much of Otani's salary to help the Dodgers keep their payroll at a reasonable level to be able to sign other players. Nominee number three, Jaden Daniels, LSU Tigers. This is the moment you've been waiting for, so let's make some history. It is my great pleasure to announce that the 2023 Heisman Trophy winner is Jaden Daniels from Louisiana State University. Daniels capped off his remarkable season by winning the Heisman Trophy. Daniels accounted for nearly 5,000 total yards and 50 touchdowns on the season. He finished just 328 points ahead of Michael Penix Jr. of Washington, the closest Heisman race since 2018. And nominee number four, Tyloon Wallace, Baltimore Ravens. Clean snap, gets it in the air. Tylen Wallace will move up at the 25 and catch the punt. Cuts to the left, trying to get outside, cuts up, spin move, 35-40. Across midfield, down the sideline, not tripped up at all. Runs down the sideline. There are no flags. 75 yards. Tylen Wallace on a punt return in overtime. Nobody needs an extra point here. This game is over. And the Ravens win their 10th game of the season. 37-31 over the Rams. Wallace returns a punt 76 yards in overtime to walk off in a Baltimore Ravens win. Wallace was returning punts for the first time this season for the Ravens. The Ravens are now 10-3 on the season and currently the top seed in the AFC. So, Jenks, who is your Monday MVP? It is Jaden Daniels. Congratulations on a season for the ages in college football. Shohei's agent, I love this as a nominee, but man, this guy just had to kick back and be like, I have a generational player, the best player since Babe Ruth. That's not going to cut it, buddy. All, this, is his, this is his comeback for everything. We'll offer him $600 million. <laughs> Guys, it's Shohei. Click. Done. That's it. That's his job. <laughs> Jaden Daniels is your guy. And remember, I forgot about this, and this was sort of going viral on Twitter. Remember a couple seasons ago when he was at Arizona State under Herm Edwards, and he decided to get in the portal to go to LSU, and the players cleaned out his locker, and they were calling him a loser for leaving Arizona State. And now here he is, Heisman Trophy winner after leaving that trash program behind. Jaden Daniels, congratulations. He earned it. He is my Monday MVP. Yeah, what are all those guys doing now that everybody enters the transfer portal? Like, it feels yeah. like more of a thing that everybody does. So you can't call all of them losers because they're probably going to be your next quarterback. Uh, I do think Shohei's agent deserves some praise here because mm -hmm. for how long has Scott Boris been top dog in the ML or the MLB? in MLB when it comes to agent. So it was nice to see a different name other than Scott Boris raking in all of that money. But I'm going to go off the menu here because let's give some credit to Zach Wilson, a sentence that I never thought that I would be saying. Huh. There were so many good candidates for MVP uh, yeah. across this weekend, across all sports. But what Zach Wilson did, I think was really incredible. Not only did he have a phenomenal start, where he had career bests and completion percentage and passer rating, 
but he also put up some of the best numbers of any quarterback in the NFL this week. Ranked fifth when it came to passing yards, 301 passing yards, went 27 of 36, two touchdowns, no interceptions, and a huge win over the Texans. Now, granted, the Jets aren't playing for much, but think about how much people were making fun of Zach Wilson. Nobody had made fun of a Jets quarterback more than Zach Wilson since the butt fumble and Mark Sanchez. <laughs> so I'm going to give the MVP of my weekend to Zach Wilson. What a comeback story. We salute you, Zach Wilson, and the rest of the MVPs. Coming back from the break, we're switching gears to Monday Night Football. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip, presented by Bet MGM on the BetQL Network. Welcome back to the Daily Tip, presented by Bet MGM with Michael Jenkins and Chelsea Messenger on the BetQL Network. As we are back, so far the theme of the show has kind of been dancing around the facts and what we would call a bad beat. Because we were also talking about this reality show. What did you say the name of it was? Just Squid Game? Like that's the name Squid of it? Squid Game, the challenge, I think is the official name. Whoa, do you have a mosquito there? There's definitely <laughs> a fly that is flying uh, okay. around me. Uh, that I am trying to swat in the process. But you were kind of floating, or somebody was, maybe it was Bill, was floating the conspiracy theories that this game is not being played fairly and that the producers are pushing along certain contestants because of their storylines, which, you know, if it's a normal reality show and you know it's subjective, I think is fine. But if you are brought into this thinking that it's objective and it's simply whoever wins these contests wins... Like, that's when it's like a bad beat when you're talking about reality shows. But I was thinking about this. Have you ever been on a sport? And even, I guess, I don't even know if this is a thing. Have you ever bet on a sport where it's not completely objective? Like any of mm-hmm. those sports where they have judges? Like, can you imagine betting on like figure skating or something? Oh, and God. you're looking at the Russian judge and you're just like, come on, man, where it's one person's decision. I guess college football would be the closest thing we have, right? Mm-hmm. With the college football playoff committee? Yeah. Oh, I'm well, let me answer your question. I am never betting on figure skating unless there's <laughs> some sort of American wonderkind that I can't get enough of, which I can't even imagine that happening. I don't know if I've ever bet on anything that had judges like that. I don't know. I'm trying to think of something that was it has to be an Olympic sport, right? Yeah. Like gymnastics? That's what gymnastics, uh, anything like maybe like with horses, like the not the racing, but like dressage and like some of that stuff. What else has oh judges? Is it just gymnastics and figure skating? Because I'll say this about deep figure into the weeds. Skating. Okay. I used to love figure skating. Was this just me as a kid because I didn't have cable? But I remember Christy Yamaguchi, Michelle yeah. Kwan. Who was uh, the guy that did the backflips? Brian Boitano? Like, look at all this figure skating (gasps) knowledge that I'm spouting out. But they used to have it on, like, the normal channels. So I would watch it a lot. Why has it faded from prominency? Is it just because we have other channels now? 
Well, that is a very good question. Let me give you my figure skating analysis because I woke up this morning and thought, I want to talk about figure skating. I don't know. I feel like that maybe there has been a, maybe it's our attention spans. Maybe it's because Olympic sports have proliferated. And I don't know, some, I, I don't know what it is, but over time we've seen some sports that used to have so much more focus on like horse racing is a good example right it doesn't involve mm -hmm. judges but horse racing used to be massive like in the 70s early 80s people were real the the triple crown was a huge event and now I'm, of course we pay attention to it but it doesn't capture our emotion like it used to i know this is going to sound crazy the nba in the late 70s early 80s nothing nobody cared about the nba and the nfl wasn't very popular either it was baseball baseball was massive so there are probably a lot of things that go into that whether it's ticket prices marketing how we've evolved as a society but we tend to see this a lot it's easy to look back and say oh my god bird magic the 80s holy crap what a golden era it was but not always. In fact, you could credit those guys for helping bring it back. At one time, you the NBA Finals used to be on tape delay. I was just going to say, yeah, I wanted to make sure uh. I confirmed that. Imagine that. The NBA Finals on tape delay. So there are different sports across the pantheon of sporting events in this country that have seen their popularity wax and wane for myriad reasons over the past few decades. I don't have an answer. That's I, just my BS response. Well, I wasn't looking for, you know, a great answer. Obviously, I know yeah. you're not a figure skating aficionado. I was also wondering, did you ever like figure skating or was this just me? No, I like figure skating. Who are some of the figure skaters that I followed over? Tara Lipinski was very famous. Dorothy She's Hamble. still on ESPN. She was, oh, yeah. Dorothy Hamble was huge. Uh, she had that Tanya Harding. Tanya, Nancy <laughs> Kerrigan. I love Nancy Kerrigan. I was a huge Nancy Kerrigan. Seriously, I used to have the biggest crush on Nancy Kerrigan, and that whole thing was brought to the forefront. I don't know. Who's another figure skater? Who was the girl that did the backflip? She was French. Oh, I forget her name. Sonia something? I don't know. Oh, I, I don't know. I followed figure skating a little bit. I got hit on by That's Rudy Galindo saying. one time. That was fun. Rudy Galindo? <laughs> Coming for the, he hit on you? Oh, no doubt. No question. I was covering, there was a female figure skater from here in the D.C. area, and it was called, she was touring in this event, I think it was called Champions on Ice or something to that effect, and they were touring the country, and it's all these famous figure skaters that, you know, had won some sort of award or had some sort of spotlight on them for various reasons, and I went down there and I was supposed to cover her, this this younger girl, because she was from the D.C. area, I think, or was the biggest star. And so I was talking to different figure skaters and I asked Rudy Galindo during an interview. I said, so, Rudy, I believe he won the United States, the U.S. championship in 96 or something to that effect. I said, so you're very accomplished. People love you. You're very visceral with your performances and you've done so many different things. Why do you want to do this? And he goes, well, I I still love to skate. I, I love the audiences. I love the travel. I love my teammates. I like you. And I was like, oh, here we go. <laughs> oh, I put that in the story that I did. It was hilarious. 
Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Well, that's why I ask these like weird questions that are kind of <laughs> off the beaten path because I never would have known that Michael <laughs> Jenkins used to get hit on by I male did. figure skaters. And uh, there you have true. it. There is a reason. <laughs> and of course, Jenks has a story for everything. That's what I love about you, Jenks. Like you're like, oh, well, this one Thank time. You, and you're like, oh, wow. So Jenks has had a, oh, yeah. God, this fly. All right, so let's get to Monday Night Football. Maybe Jenks has a Monday Night Football story for us, along with some bets, because we do have a doubleheader tonight. And let's start with the Dolphins hosting the Titans. A big spread here. The Dolphins' 14-point home favorites, a total of 46 points. So, Jenks, Hmm. this is a big number. The Titans do not have much to play for. In fact, I feel like they should be trying to lose games at this point. But 14 points? Man, is that a lot. Are you willing to lay this big number with Miami? Or do you think is there is another way to possibly bet on this game? God. I, I would lay it. I'm going to play it down, lay 13 and a half. I don't know if that's the smartest thing to do. I Honestly, I think the under is the best play here, which I know sounds maybe counterintuitive when you're talking about the Dolphins. This is a massive number, but I will say this. If you're thinking about laying it like I'm thinking about, four of the five wins for the Dolphins at home this season have been by at least 14 points. And also, I know, again, you can't quantify this, but I think motivation is a big factor. The Dolphins are red hot last season, and then they fell off at the end of the year. It was a big storyline what happened to the Dolphins, and they are hell-bent. Everything you read about the Dolphins, if you listen to these guys talk, they all say to a man, We want to prove that we are better than what we saw last year at this time when things sort of fell apart for us, whether it's at home, on the road, because you know how narratives get built. All the Dolphins are great at home. They're they're not good on the road. No, they have something to prove here. And also Tennessee, as you know, Chelsea, has really struggled away from home. I would I would lay it with Miami. (sighs) This is a tough one because this is still a very big spread. And I'll say one thing about the Titans defense. They're pretty good in the red zone. The problem is the Titans key weakness is against the pass, which is not great when you're going against Tua and Tyreek Hill. In fact, if you give, uh, if you look at the Titans, they are giving up, I believe the 10th most receiving yards to opposing wide receivers and number one receivers have had an absolute field day against the Titans so far this season. So you look at the props for Tyreek Hill Boy, there is some sticker shock there. I believe the number Mm -hmm. is 106. So that feels a little unplayable to me. I don't think I'm going to go there. 
But when it's a blowout, do you ever consider playing props for the losing side? Like, say the Titans are down a bunch of points. Wouldn't mm-hmm. you just look at the passing props for Will Levis and maybe some receiver props? Like, you've got to take the the game script that everybody is feeding to you and say, okay, well, how can I benefit off of this? Yeah. And I guess we are assuming that the Titans are going to be losing, which, you know, maybe is an assumption. Because I'll say Mike Vrabel's pretty good at getting the troops motivated, even in a season where they're not really playing for anything. Will Levis at least has potential. And we know this Dolphins defense can give up some points. I don't think the Titans win this game, but I do think that we will see a lot from Will Levis. And they will kind of take the leash off and say, okay, maybe this is your chance to get some reps and to show us what you can do in the passing game. So I think that's what I would do is take a look at maybe some receiving props for the Titans and maybe some backup props, like looking at Ty J Spears. That was a bet that I liked last week. Still like it over 20 and a half rush yards. I believe you can get it at 19 and a half in some spots as well. He is kind of the change of pace running back that the Titans have. I guess you just call him the backup running back to Derrick Henry. But still, if you were looking at a team with nothing to play for, why would you run Derrick Henry into the ground? So I think we see a lot of Tajay Spears tonight, especially in a game that doesn't really mean much. So is this the way, only way you play it? Or are you just going to be leaning heavily on the under here? Because does that not scare you with the Dolphins offense here? I, I, I really, I like the under. Just because the trends here are something that I think you really have to take a look at. And... I understand it's the Dolphins. They can score a lot of points, but this is about the Titans and how they play against a total. Going back to their last 15 games on the road, the Titans are 4-11 and 11 to the under. This season on the road, they're 1-5 to the under. So, yeah, the Dolphins might try to run it up, but I don't think it'll matter because I think they're going to win this game handily and the Titans aren't going to be able to score And when the Titans do have the ball, what are they going to do? They're not going to be throwing it around until maybe late when they're trying to get caught up. I I like the under. I have to follow the trends here. That's where the money is coming in. I'm on the under. I think a good way to look at totals is to think of the final scores because Mm -hmm. I will put this one in perspective. When I had the the over in the Colts-Bengals, I think it was over 45. The game was sitting at like 31-10 or something, and you still don't have your, your over. You know, you're mm-hmm. looking at a team that scored 30 plus points and you need the other side to at least contribute. So that's where I kind of have some reservations. And maybe the under is truly the right side when it comes to Titans and Dolphins. Let's get to the other game. Uh, looks like a blockbuster. Packers, Giants, great. Uh, Green Bay laying six and a half on the road here. Total of 37. Good God. What is the play here? Are you laying six and a half with Green Bay? It's a Packers team that's looked really good. Well, what I'm going to do is this. This number is down to six now, so we're seeing money coming on the Giants. I like the Giants a lot here, and I like the under a lot. So I'm going to do it. It's going to be dumb. I'm going to do a seven-point teaser. (laughs) I know. Laugh all you want. Go ahead. Laugh it up. I'm going to go Giants plus 13, and I'm going to go under 44. The Giants have had two weeks to get ready for this game. The Giants' defense is very good, and I expect some sort of some sort of negative regression for the Packers. They haven't turned the football over in three straight games. You know how difficult that is to do in the National Football League? I do not see the Packers getting through this game, a four-straight game, without a turnover. And say what you want to about the Giants, but the Giants are a team that plays very good defense. 
Again, they've had a couple weeks to get ready. It's a night game. We know about the trends on the road, right? The under tends to hit. The under has hit, what, in 75% of primetime games this year. I, I like the Giants to keep it within the number. I like the under. I'm putting it together. I wasn't laughing at your play. I was laughing at the way you presented it, like with all the confidence <laughs> in the world, saying this is really dumb, but I'm going to play it. Wow, great sell job, James. You should be selling cars after this as your job. Uh, I think I'm going to play a prop in this one. I'm going to go Romeo Dobbs over his receiving prop. I believe it's in the 40s here, just because you're looking at the injury report and we're probably not seeing Christian Watson. He is out for this game. So when one of the receivers mm -hmm. go down, somebody else is going to get the targets. Jordan Love's been great uh, so far. You see a young quarterback trending in the right direction. I think he can at least rack up some yards with uh, Romeo Dobbs here. So I'll go that. Uh, hopefully this game is close because that's what ruins props. If there is a blowout and they don't have to throw the ball. So I'm kind of banking on the Giants to keep it relatively close here. Who knows? If Zach Wilson can have a great game, I feel like anything can happen. I agree. <laughs> and also, are we all just a little bit too hot on the Packers right now? This is a good sell high spot on Green Bay. They're very good. It's time to bring them down a peg tonight's tonight. Yeah, it does feel like a sell high spot on the Packers because that's how the NFL goes. All right, what about the NBA? Our best plays across the association coming your way. That's next on the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Let's get back to the Daily Tip with Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. It's a Monday here on the Daily Tip, and we are off and rolling. We'll talk a little NBA, which games maybe you want to bet on tonight. Jenks, I know you're not in on the in-season tournament. So no I want to ask you a question because I think you're going to sure. give a pretty funny answer. Where do you put an in-season tournament championship on the resume for LeBron James? Like when they're talking about LeBron James case for the Hall of Fame, do they look right. at his resume and say, oh, in-season tournament champion 2023? Whoo, hard to argue against that. LeBron James, welcome to the Hall of Fame. I would leave it off my resume. I think it makes his resume <laughs> worse. Who cares? Like, if I'm giving my resume and I'm like, guys, in 1998, who had second place, Idaho Press Club, best sports story. Woohoo, me. Huh? Don't I know? Don't I deserve to be on the radio, a national radio show, because I got second place from the Idaho Press Club? No, who cares? Nobody cares. It's This has not moved the betting market. I haven't heard. Let me ask you this, Chelsea. Outside of this show, because this is our job, and I know if you're a hardcore NBA fan, it's been exciting, and the Pacers had a good run, and Tyrese Halliburton has made himself a superstar, which would happen during the regular season anyway. Let me ask you this. How many people have you run into who have casually 
my voice. I'm going through puberty now at 50. <laughs> casually. <laughs> Who has ca – have you heard anyone – I've heard people casually talking about whether Florida State or Alabama belonged in the national championship Final Four. I've heard people casually talking about the NBA season or Tyrese Halliburton or who might win it all. I've heard people casually talking about the NFL. I haven't heard a single person, a single person say anything about the IST. The IST sounds like something you should take before graduate school. I hate that abbreviation. I, have you heard anyone, honestly, not Jake. Jake doesn't count. Your family doesn't count. This show doesn't count. I'm saying outside of this show, I mean, this is our jobs, right? And you guys are massive sports fans. Outside of that, have you heard anyone talk about this? Well, I feel like I'm not a good person to ask because listen to the crowd that I'm normally around. I was at the playground the other day and I made a joke about Patrick Mahomes. And the other mom said to me, is that that baseball player? So oh, probably many. not the crowd that's going to be watching the in-season tournament. So that's a big resounding no. No, the other moms in Hendersonville, Tennessee, are not all a buzz about the in-season tournament. A buzz. I think the only <laughs> people who are, like, super into this are people who are, you know, the hardcore basketball fans. But, like, if yes. you're a hardcore basketball fan, these are probably the only people paying attention to the NBA this time of year anyway. Like, do you think casual fans of sports are paying attention to regular season NBA games? Because I'll say this. I don't really love regular season NBA games. Mm -hmm. feels like nobody cares to be there. You never know who's playing. And unless it's the Christmas Day games, they just don't seem to mean that much. So I will say it moved up a single peg, you know, a single okay. peg in the pecking order for me. The end season tournaments are a touch more exciting. Like, is it the NBA Finals? Hell no, not even close. But mm -hmm. it is something. So I appreciate the NBA's effort. But as far as, like, the the wider angle here in casual mm -hmm. fans, like, I don't think anybody cared. Yeah, I just don't think they do. I, I honestly, I find it more fascinating to see how they're going to decorate a court or lay a court out with the different colors or look at the different uniforms. I'm a big uniform guy, and I find it interesting. But it doesn't, it doesn't mean anything. And I understand. Look, it means less. Er, the opposite of the SEC. <laughs> <laughs> it means less. They should just go with that. <laughs> Every player on the Lakers roster got a half milli. Good for you guys. I'm glad you got paid. It means less. But it doesn't. It it doesn't change anything. It doesn't change because here's the thing. At the end of the year, if you don't win a title, do you think LeBron's going to look back as competitive as he is, as great as he is, and he's going to say at least we won the NBA Cup? Hell no. I think LeBron himself would tell you that. He would say it's great to win a tournament. I'm glad for these guys. We want to win any sort of competition. Of course, we want to step it up. That's what competitors do. But is this going to be a better season for him? because they won some sort of meaningless tournament in Las Vegas in December when the real chip is the NBA title. That's what matters. And so I feel like that deep down, even the superstar players themselves would admit that. It's, it's, it's kitschy. It's fine. And honestly, here's what I would say. Ask even NBA fans. Pretty, pretty reputable or people who follow the NBA on a regular basis. Tell me how this tournament works. And I bet they couldn't do it.
I I don't think the I players do. don't know. Honest, that's what I'm saying. And so I, I you mentioned this. I want to give you full credit here when you were talking about maybe an NBA bracket and where it's single elimination and you could follow it like March Madness. Then I I then it would be a little bit different and maybe easier to follow and might make a little more sense and might be a little more fun. But it's too convoluted right now. It's more soccer-ish where they have groups and then they go from a group stage to this knockout round, which is fine for soccer, but soccer isn't basketball. So you're not going to convert suddenly guys who are hardcore into soccer and they understand the premise or understand the basis for how this works and immediately it translates. It just, it doesn't for basketball. And so maybe they tweak it and it gets better. But right now, I just don't think it moves the needle. Well, because points differential is a lot easier in soccer where there's only a few goals. Like points differential in basketball where you have to have like three separate numbers and you have to do like that type of subtraction in addition. It gets a little tricky for people like me who do not want to do math. I have an idea kind of floating around in my brain and I'm going to try to workshop it here a little bit. Because I don't think it's to the stage where I can really deduct anything from it. But what yeah. does it say about the Lakers, the fact that they have won an in-season tournament and their only title with LeBron is in the bubble? Mm-hmm. Do you get what I'm saying? It's like yeah. both of their championships have been <laughs> a little off. Like, do we yes. take anything away from LeBron, the fact that he's won a championship inside the bubble? Like, is that mean of me to say? No, Matt just put this in the chat. I can't steal it. Neutral site Kings. The LA Lakers are the Kings of the neutral site. Neutral site, no fans or fans. If it's a neutral site, put your money on the Lakers. I do think I will say this. It speaks to the competitiveness of LeBron James. Because if I'm a competitive person, if you put something in front of me, I want to win it if I can. Because here's the thing. Both things can be true. That's a very important thing to say, I think, when it comes to the NBA Cup. I, I'm a competitive person. LeBron is a competitive person. I'm not on that level, obviously. But you can still want to compete for things and want to win things and also understand where they rank in the importance of things. So you can say, yeah, I want to win this. Is it that big of a deal? No. But if I have a chance to win it, sure, I'll go after it. And I, I think that's probably the right place for the NBA Cup. I think so, too, because there's still something on the line. And we did see a little sprinkling of some of the best teams, although we didn't see, you know, the perennial powerhouses. It was, you know, the Lakers and the Pacers, which I do think I've said this before. It is a great spot for some of the young teams to get a Mm -hmm. little taste of what it kind of feels like to play in the postseason. It's not the same thing, but Mm -hmm. when you have no experience, some experience is better than none. So I do think it's a great experience for teams like the Pacers and the Pelicans to be thrust onto that stage, albeit a smaller stage. It's like the afternoon stage that has like the non-headliners, but still it is a good learning experience for some of these teams. I don't know what I was trying to get with that, but I don't know. There is something to to be deducted, deducted from the Lakers and these like weird circumstances and winning things. I have an example for you. Maybe it'll make sense. Let's say we had a competition on this show, right? And it was, we called it the the Christmas Cup. That's what we'll call it, the Christmas Cup. And so we took our records and we said, who's going to have the best December and who's going to win the Christmas Cup? Would you want to win the Christmas Cup? Sure. 
be fun. Let's compete. It'll be fun. But maybe there's an award out there called the BetQL Better of the Year who has the best record overall. Would you want to win the Christmas Cup? Sure. Which one would you rather have? I would much rather have BetQL Better of the Year. I think it's kind of like that. You still want to compete. It'd be great to have. But everyone wants the overall title. Yeah, I think that's a good way to to put it. And I don't know. I don't know what my feelings are completely on the in-season tournament, but I'm glad it happened because it did make me care a little <laughs> bit more about the NBA regular season. So we've got a couple minutes here. Jenks of mm-hmm. these games today who are not in the in-season <laughs> tournament. Are there any that caught your eye in the NBA tonight? I can't believe I handicapped these games. I don't know. Let me throw one out for you. Let's go Magic minus two and a half tonight against the Cavaliers. Why not? Now, the Cavaliers beat the Magic by 10 last week. That gives me a little bit of pause. But listen, when you look at current streaks in the NBA right now, at least against the number, the Magic, second best covering team in the NBA. They're 16 and six against the number. Maybe you get a little bit of value here on the magic because they got beat by cleveland like i said last week and the cavaliers have won three straight money is coming in on orlando matt in the chat says magic minus two and a half i might just take it on that on principle give me the magic in the magic kingdom tonight oh the magic kingdom i think the line that took out to me was the t wolves getting three and a half on the road of the pelicans i know the pelicans are a much better team at home. We know they just played in the semifinals of the in-season tournament, but uh-huh. I don't know. Something about this line doesn't make a ton of sense to me. The T-Wolves are 17-4. and four. Granted, they're 7-3 yeah. and three on the road, uh, but still, I think I'll take the bait there. And also, what about the Pistons? They have lost 19 <clears throat> straight games. Now we have a high-paced or a fast-paced Pacers offense. Are we laying the six and a half? Do they make history here? I'm definitely not taking the Pistons and the points if you're asking me that. No way. No way. It does feel like a good spot for the Pacers. They'll probably score a million. So, yeah, I'd be on the Pacers. (laughs) Laying the big number against the Pistons. All right, top of the hours next are reactions from week 14 in the NFL. Coming your way next on the Daily Tip. For more, listen to The Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BeckQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.